gentlemen boys and girls and children of all ages without further ado jamie all the show podcast episode seven thank you so much for tuning in before we get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast with my guest and my co-host francisco arias i want to speak about something i don't want to talk about politics i try not to talk about politics but it's what's in my heart unfortunately these days first things first i want to say rest in peace cannon i do not know how to pronounce the last name so i don't want to butcher it cannon was the five-year-old boy that was gunned down in north carolina by a evil sick motherfucker i can't even i can't even imagine the pain or what's going through that family's minds souls or heart they caught the individual i believe within 24 hours and this person allegedly the person that murdered this five-year-old boy is gonna spend the rest of his life in prison and most likely I'm not sure if North Carolina has a death penalty, will one day die, but that's not enough. That is not enough. That is not enough. Sometimes death is a way out. This person deserves street justice. This person deserves, I don't want to use the word lynch because of the history, and it's, he just so happens to be an African-American man, but he deserves to, to, to he deserves for, for, for the town to have him, if you will. It seems like people are making this about race there's an outrage that this is not making national news because the boy the little kid was white and the person that allegedly murdered him is an african-american male so they're saying that there's no outrage people aren't marching why for those of you listening that do not understand the reason why people were marching and protesting and looting even though i believe that looting is wrong the reason why if George Floyd was killed or murdered by a regular civilian, there wouldn't be an outrage. If George Floyd was murdered by a white guy, by a black guy, by a Hispanic guy, by an Asian guy, by a woman, by whoever, by a bear, it wouldn't make national news because these things happen all the time. Unfortunately, murder and violence happens everywhere. Murder is not a racial issue. Murder is a human condition problem. There's something fucking wrong with us. So the reason why it made national news is because a police officer, a person who was sworn to protect and serve his community, blatantly and disgustingly murdered him by standing or kneeling on his neck until he was dead. The reason why Breonna Taylor, may she rest in peace, why that makes national news and canon, may you rest in peace, doesn't, is because Breonna Taylor was murdered by police officers who sworn an oath to protect. Breonna Taylor was murdered. It was, it was a drug bust gone wrong. They went into the wrong house and they killed her by mistake. And trust me, there's 8 billion people in the world. Mistakes like this happen. There's so many people in the fucking world. Things like this definitely happen. And it's, a, and, and it's crazy that they, have, they don't happen more often. We are humans. We make fucking mistakes. But guess what happens when you make mistakes? You have to correct them. Cannon's murderer has already been arrested. And quote unquote justice, even though spending the rest of your life in jail is not fucking justice because that's, that little boy will never walk a day in his life. That little boy will never ride a bike in his life. That little boy will never grow up to see the next Marvel movie or to see a fucking cartoon or whatever it is that he liked. 
He will never. And I can't even imagine that being a father. I can't. But justice, quote unquote, is already being served or whatever the fuck you want to call justice. That man is already, or that devil is already locked up. Breonna Taylor's murder is already, is still out there pending a fucking investigation. There's nothing to investigate. Listen, she was murdered and it was a fucking, it was a fucking mistake. How horrifying is that? A fucking, a fucking mistake and a life is lost. Okay, so now you have to correct that mistake. You know, how does a police officer run up in your fucking house at five, uh, at fucking, at midnight, you have a warrant, do you not look at the fucking address that's outside? Isn't there, isn't there, isn't there certain levels of checkpoints that you check before you go and bust in somebody's house? Guns drawn? And, and, you know, there's, there's, you know, her boyfriend fired and they, they fired this, that, and third. If, listen, if you, I live in Pennsylvania, if you bust in my house unannounced, things are going to happen. You just can't come in my house shooting or whatever. And then, oh, my bad. It was a mistake. Wrong house. All these houses look, look the same. No, no. So Cannon, may you rest in peace. I pray, I pray for his family. I pray for his family that they find some, so, some sort of peace because I, I don't know if I ever could, but in North Carolina, Chicago, Dominican Republic, Mexico, Iraq, everywhere in the world, kids get murdered, unfucking-fortunately, because we're fucking evil, we're all evil, there's something inside of us, inside of all of us, there's some sort of evilness, that I hope I never, I never even look at, I never even get to witness, or, or experience for myself, me, myself, because it's in all of us, and those those kids that get murdered all over the world, they don't make national news. They run that shit through the news for a couple of days and then they're forgotten. And the only people that forget them is their parents. But now, since we're living in a, in, in, in a high-end racial uh, 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 post-America or whatever, now it's like, oh, well, he was white and the person that killed him is black. How come no one is talking about that? Yeah, because those things unfortunately happen all the time. But police officers, CIA, FBI, or whoever, Killing an innocent, innocent people is wrong because you swore an oath and you should know right from wrong. And I don't know if you know this, people that are listening. The police, the police officers' first jobs when police officers first came to be was to bring back slaves to the plantation. If you were, if you were a runaway slave, the police will get up on their horse, go find your ass in wherever the fuck you were, and bring your ass back. Okay, to be lynched, raped castrated you name it so yeah there's there's, a, there's already a, a level of 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 of, 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 of um can't I, I can't find the words a certain level of of of, of, of i want to say hate towards police officers look at america's history look look back in the 50s 60s and 70s of what police officers used to do to people that look like me and my kids so unfortunately that's the world we live in and that's what we're trying to change now everybody's waking up now everybody's fighting back now we're fighting pedophiles. Now we're fighting people that we should have been fighting. Now we're, now we're doing all these things that we should have been doing. But hey, it's better late than never, right? But what pisses me off and what really grinds my gears is, is that some of my friends who just so happen to be, you know, Caucasian, not all of them, not all of them, not all of them, definitely not all of them, who just so happen to be Caucasian are saying, well, where, you know, how come there's no uproar? How come there's no uproar? How come there's no uproar for, for um, um, little Jamal or little John that was shut down in in in, 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 uh, in in Cali last week. You know what I mean? These things fucking happen, and these things are sick, and these things should not be the norm. But there's levels to it. First, we have to take the top dogs out. First, we have to, you know, it's a trick. It's like a pyramid scheme. It trickles down. So you know, if the cops are doing what the fuck they're supposed to be doing, 
then we could focus on whoever the fuck is in our community selling drugs, murdering, killing, raping, and all that. It's a pyramid, it comes from the top down, man. You can't expect us regular civilians to act a certain way, and I don't justify nothing. I don't justify shit, but there's levels to it, man. There's levels to it, man. Rest in peace, Cannon. Rest in peace, Brianna Taylor. And just anyone out there, anyone out there, man, that's that that's being assaulted or, or, or you know, or you find yourself in, in a position where you can't fight back. I pray for all of y'all, man. Without further ado, hike your own hike. Let's get to it. Yeah, so uh, my, name, my full name is Giovanni, um, Giovanni Acosta. I was born in New York, raised by a Dominican family. Um, I was born in 89, so like the 90s in New York were really crazy. At some point, my dad was like, we need to get out of here. And my mom agreed. So they went to the Dominican Republic, and I was raised partially in New York and in the Dominican Republic. And then we came back to the States, went back to New York. And my mom was already used to like the household life and a little bit more of a calm life. So from there, um, one of my uncles, he had a job offering to move to Pennsylvania. He was the first of the family to move out here. And then my mom came to visit. We loved it. He lived really close to Doni Park. Um, so instead of taking the Wawita to Doni Park and spending the whole day there and then coming back in the Wawita, we ended up staying in his house and then partying on the weekend and then come back on Sundays. So my mom started looking for houses. We moved to Pennsylvania. I, and I got a little taste of the suburban life out here, went to high school. And then I went to college, and that's how I met most of my college friends, like Harlem, and I introduced yourself, Jamie, through to through Harlem. And in the college life, just you know, figuring life out, discovering myself, got the job, kind of like the, the what the Dominican family always pushes you on, you know, get good grades, go to school, become a doctor or a lawyer or something in the particular realm there, and then you know, get a get a get someone pregnant, have a kid, <laughs> have the house, and then the career. Um, I kind of had the basic flows to it, but then life hit me pretty hard. And then I was like, you know, I need to figure things out a little bit more. And now I'm basically just flowing life so differently a little bit, like a little a little bit off on the traditional way, but also untraditionally from what I've been raised. So just figuring things out as I go. Absolutely. So so you you had the best of both worlds because, you know, um, us Dominicans were the best for anyone listening. You guys know that. But uh, so so you were, you were born over here and you were raised partially over there and over here. That's that, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that was that was a good time because like um I, and I, and as I got older I appreciated more but at the beginning I didn't really think appreciate it because like growing up in New York you had a little bit of everything like you had all the modern stuff all the like all the music all the culture and then when we moved to the yard it was like a setback like I felt like we went back like ten years like they didn't even have like Snickers bars <laughs> no they got candies they didn't even have like little little firecrackers used to pop the twenty five cents ones like, they had none of that stuff they didn't even have fire hydrants. I was just like, what am I doing out here? Like, this is the Campo Capo for real. Um, but the culture was totally different. Like, um, I got to understand life a little bit slower and got to really grow my family a little more and got to eat different things. Like, like I got to see a yuca grow from the ground, getting picked, get cut open and then cooked. Like, I was like, okay, so that's where, wow. food, that's where food really comes from, not from these cans and the stories. I, I see how it is. And then I remember my dad, like, getting the boyos from the campo and then like putting them in the corner, tying them up to a tree. He was like, listen, don't touch it. Don't play with it. Don't name it. That's food for later. And then I was looking at the chicken alive and then abuela coming and killing it, like snapping the neck, plucking the chick, the feathers off. And then like <laughs> hours later, I go see now we're sitting down in the patio comiendo and my dad's like, this is, this is food. This isn't a pet giving us the life lessons. And it was, it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful time, but like it really got, it was a culture shock in both ways. Cause like when I came back, it was just like, everyone was it was still like 10 years forward now like everyone saw technology phones 
uh, CD players are already out of date. Everyone was getting into the MP3s and I'm just like catching up again. Um, surprisingly, the education was a little more advanced in VR. You know, luckily my parents put me in a bilingual school. So everything was taught to us in English and in Spanish. And then we got to learn about the Spanish culture and then also about the American culture, which was kind of like, left and right because like in when you learn yes in the states like you know you know columbus came here first and everything discovered america and then you learn it in a different culture and you find out columbus went all over the place <laughs> he was all over the right. caribbean first and then they told him where to go they pointed him to this direction you find out about a lot of the slaves that he had and you know some of the some of the stuff that they whitewash out here and then you just yeah. find out like you know like it's not always written in the books what you're looking for. Like the teachers don't always know everything. Like that was my mentality when I came back from high school. I was like, no, nah, I gotta, I gotta teach myself in a sense. Like I gotta look for this information out there for myself. Like I can't just let someone spoon feed me this info and then just go about my days. Like, yep, that's the answer. That's exactly how it is. They, you know, they, yeah. they figured it out and that's what exactly what I gotta do too. Like, no, nah, I gotta, I gotta fall sometimes myself and then figure out how to get that's up funny. to know forward. It's funny that, that you were able to, to basically put one and one together where you were learning, you know, one one culture, one history in one country, then you came here and it was a total different history in the same subject. Like, how does how, that doesn't even make sense. I saw it to the teachers, man, when I'm just like, uh, Columbus didn't learn yeah. here first. <laughs> They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah. he, he definitely went to a whole bunch of islands before he got here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the problem with that is that none of the students here, no, none of the children can understand that because they didn't experience what you experienced, where you, you saw it was a different history on the same subject. Yeah. And that's that's a huge problem in this country. And from early on, they already teach us, like, not to question the teachers or the authority figures. Exactly. Like, they try to instill exactly. that so deep into you. But, you know, as you get yeah. older, you start looking back. And even even society is looking back at all the choices they made and then go, you know what? Good intentions, some, uh, dumb ideas. Like, they applied it. You know, it was a good yeah. intention to give us this, you know, go through this education system so we can be ready for the workforce, but it didn't, it, it didn't change over time according to the times. And, and it's like, you, you yeah. the education system isn't there anymore. Like it, we're, people see it, you go in there and, and you know, homeschooling is a big thing now. Like everyone's used to people, used to see people going homeschooling, like, Oh, you're homeschooling. And then you'd be thinking like, Oh, they're, you're not up to that par level, but now you're going into it. Like, nah, you definitely probably got a lot more fun at homeschool. Yeah, you got less crap yeah, and more of the real stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it's more entertaining. Like you want to learn, you, you fall in love with learning because like not only is it just your parents teaching it to you, but the parents get a cool gist of it, get a creativity mode, you know, start figuring out, oh, you know, teacher job is not that easy. Like, you know, they got to figure out how to entertain you, keep you focused, keep you in, but, into the dialect. But you know, you know, what's, 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 I, I've never been homeschooled. I've never seen anyone get homeschooled. I'm just, you know, in theory. It it kind of makes sense that it would be more beneficial only because you can question your authority, right? You can question your mom and be like, "Mom, well, that doesn't make sense," or "Mom," or with "Dad," or whoever it is. You can you can dive into the subject a little more just because you have you your curiosity kicks in and you can ask questions. Whereas when you're in school, it's like that's you what they say. You don't talk out of line. Yeah, or right. Now you're and, gonna get reprimanded. And as a parent, some parents will give you more of a you know less of a PC answer and more of a, I don't want to say raw, but they might, they might want to tell you the truth or they might tell you both sides and let you figure it out for, for what it is and let you make out your, you know, your own, you know, ideas. Yeah. As and that's opposed to in school. The book is, you know, the book is, you know, it's linear. This is what you, this is what you need to learn. You got to go from A to B in order for you to go to C, you have to pass. Black and white type thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me, let, let me ask you a question. So, the, the reason for the podcast is right is because, and we'll get into obviously a little later, 
um, you know, you decided to, to, to walk the Appalachian Trail, whatever it was, and you, you walked yeah. for thousands of miles. But before that, let, let, you were talking about um, that the, your culture and, and how and how you, you know, you were you were you were grown or taught to go to school, get a job, get married, have family, blah, 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 A, B and C. Right. Yeah. And you say you kind of had that down. But let me ask you this. Now that you're you're kind of figuring things out. If if you had kids, right? What would be your 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 philosophy on on how you should do things? Like what what what? Since you since your belief changes as far as you know your parents. Yeah. What, what would you say to that? What the, would you say to yourself now? The belief of kids hasn't changed though. I I've I've been very adamant since the beginning that I don't want to have any kids myself personally. Um, mm-hmm. When they brought it up, I always thought it as okay. Well, I got to find the right person, and then maybe the kids would just add up. And it just, it has never felt like, right, okay, this is the right time to have a kid or anything in that sense. Right, right, right. And I've always felt but, like, but, personally, I don't know myself not, yet to like. Yeah. But not just kids, though. Just like in general, like, oh, you need, you need to go to school. You need to get good grades. Like, because in reality, there's so many ways to do things. You, people don't have to go to school, to be honest with you. There's plenty of paying, good paying jobs that you don't, that you could have a, a trade or a skill for. Trade, right. And, and, yeah. and, you know, and do well. So has anything changed in that aspect as far as succeeding and being successful? Um, I would I would go to what you were saying about the trade job. So yeah, the 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 college education and the schooling is very glorified in the culture. So school is where you basically that's your exit point. Like they got here, their job was to get us here. Or your job is to go to school and and to to match up with the rest of the culture so that we can move forward. That's how they right. that's how they put it into me, and that's how that's how I as felt. A family, it. Right. yeah, as a family, yeah. That's 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 your next job. That's your one. They basically you're born. That's your one job. Like like you you don't got to do anything else besides go to school and get the papers. Like everybody else's exactly. job is just to work and make sure that you get to that next elevated point. And 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 as that I was going through the you know through the through the I guess the to the the training let's put it life training i you know I, on paper i did it all like I, I got the high school degree i went to college i got the college degree i got the job and like i was checking all these things off but as i was checking them off it none of them was like it didn't feel fulfilling like it wasn't like adding up to like oh my life is adding up to something great or good and and on paper yeah it did and and the experience was great like i, I, I met amazing great people in this job um and I learned a lot by being around these individuals too, but something was always missing and something always felt like I was being like put into this box. Like I'm going to put, I'm going to say the word box because um, that's what I felt like I was doing. Cause I, I went to this office job and, and I was just there all day, eight hours of the day, um, just looking at the computer screen, the keyboard and the mouse typing away my life and then putting every, every, every second and creativity I had into this job but also into this coding because i was a computer programmer so i'm just coding away that my life and then looking at my benefits i'm like well people are getting to use these applications and these and this processes to make their job easier but is there like is it helping the world in the sense i don't know maybe i've, I've been instilled like like i don't have that millennium like i'm not born in the millennial sense but i do have the sense that i i, I want to leave the world better than what i found it or at least leave some type of legacy or help or charity or fun or something before i like leave this yeah. world that's my that's my benefit at least you know from my time being here um but i didn't feel like i was gaining anything for, like in that sense from that job but yeah i was getting you know the bills paid um my college my my, my student loans were they weren't hassling because i had a job like all that stuff was you know lining up correctly but something was lacking and um mm. little by little little things were introducing me to like the trail and my friends were talking about it people were talking about it around me i actually lived very close to it i never actually experienced it 
until one person like brought it up into like a word and they said Appalachian Trail. And that's when everything kind of went like just adding itself up little by little. Like I started research on it. So, so, and then so you had no with the whole process. Was can you hear me? I'm sorry. Geo. Yeah, we can hear you. Geo, the gentleman that, that introduced you to the to the trail and all that, was his name Morpheus? Because it's all adding up like you're Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, the universe. The universe, if, if you want to, let's change the name from Morpheus to universe. Because the universe is... It's it's out there. It's real. It, it's it feels you as much as you feel it. You know you can ignore it, but if you the more you connected to it, the more you really have I think this sense and this power and control of everything around you. Like like Neil got to fly. Shit, <laughs> I'm flying right, when right, I feel right. like it. Like <laughs> right, like right. yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> so so I, I asked. So before before your friends introduced to it. Have you ever heard or, or knew anything about the Appalachian Trail? No, like I, I honestly, like I walked it hiking with a random couple of friends and never even knew that I was walking it. Like I thought I was just like in the middle of the woods with a couple of friends and it was rocky. Right. We got, you know, you walk up, you see a great view, you enjoy it, have a good time, maybe bring a couple of things with you. And then, you know, you walk back down after a couple of hours, go back to the car right. and drive home. Like, you know, that's, that's the typical. Right. Oh, he, he, he uh, he, he got off. All right, what was the last part you guys heard me talk? Because I swear I was talking to myself, honestly. <laughs> oh, man, that's horrible. Now, nah, because I saw the timer click on, and I was like, all right, they're just listening. <laughs> we were right, right, right at the beginning of you explaining, uh, you know, what gave you the inspiration to... Uh... To the trail part. Well, okay. How you found out, yeah. So, uh, so, oh, yeah, so how I found out. So, so yeah, so, so it was a Tinder day originally. So, we, me and... um. I took the girl on a couple of dates. It was like the first day went to the bar and the second day went to the club. And the third day she suggested she wanted to, to suggest a place. And she asked me if I had been hiking before. And at the time I was training for boxing. I was in really good shape. And I was like, a little hike is not going to kill me. So I was like, yeah, let's go. I'm a good hiker. So we went, I packed up a couple of things and then we went on this hike and she took me to it. At the parking lot, she had told me that all the trails in the location, they loop back to the parking lot just in case we get lost. So she, I want to venture somewhere. And then we're walking on the yellow path. And then uh, as soon as we got towards at the beginning of the path, this lady's coming down the mountain with her dog. And she's like, hey, I saw a bear back that way. You guys might want to take a different path. So we cut over to the white trail. And that's the app, technically that's the Appalachian Trail. So the terrain changed drastically, like real, real challenging. It was, you, know, you had to put your hands down because there's a lot of rocks everywhere. Um, Pennsylvania is one of the rockiest sections of the trail. So they call it Rockylvania. So I'm walking through it, having a good time. And then a little cutaway comes in, a little yellow marker saying that you have to turn left. She's like, we have to get off. I'm just like, no, let's continue on this one. And she was like, no, this is the one that doesn't loop back to the parking lot. I'm just like, what do you mean? Like, does it end at the end of the park or whatever? And she's like, it goes all the way to Georgia. I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, that's, that's that was just, that was just astonishing to me because we're in the middle of Pennsylvania. I'm like, Georgia. Like, I'm just like, what, like, what do you mean, Georgia? She goes, it goes from Maine down to Georgia. And the only thing I had in like that at the time that was that long in my brain was like Highway 95, like because I've driven it from PA to Florida, and I'm just like, okay, that's that's just a straight shot. So I'm just like, what do you mean? Like, and she's like, it's called the Appalachian Trail. People hike it, and this and that. And and now I'm having all these questions, and she doesn't have the answers. And she's like, you need to Google this. So now I'm just like getting at the end of this day to just get home to Google this stuff. And I get home and I'm googling, and I'm seeing these pictures of these beautiful mountaintops, the terrain, New Hampshire, Maine. Georgia, all these states, and, and I'm just diving into these research, like, like I don't know, like it, it, it was just calling me, and and it, it felt like very natural, very, very like this is something that I, that's for me, 
And then the research basically downloaded to my brain and it stayed in the back of my mind. And then it just stayed there. And that was like August, I'm going to say. That was like August 2017. And it just stayed in the back of my mind. But at this time, I was already questioning, like, what am I doing with my life? What am I going with? Like, the work is already, like, adding up. I'm working every day at a, like, at a cubicle, still questioning, like, there's something more for me in life besides this. And it's got to be more. But at the end, like, they didn't give me anything else. Like, we just, we talked about how our parents, at least my parents were like, you know, go good grades, go to school, get to college, go to school, get the job. And in my mind, I'm just like, well, what else is there? Like, they told me what to do. I did it. Now what else? Like, what else is there to do? And I started listening to a lot of motivational individuals and my roommates were very really big into it too. So um, like Tony Robinson, Les Brown, um, uh, Bishop Jake Brat, uh, was it Blake? Blake? TJ Blake? He's a bishop, but he's a really good inspirational dude. Um, but one guy that I heard, uh, his name was... Uh, uh john roth and he said uh the question to always ask yourself is what are you becoming and when i heard that i literally that just jingled every day in my brain especially when i walked into the office because i would look around and i'm just like i was inspiring some of the people around me to go to the gym and to get their shit together with health their health wise and stuff like that so i'm looking at them going if i'm inspiring you and not the other way around what am i becoming here like what am i what am i growing to be here Wow. And, and that was, and that was the day that I was just like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. And something turned off. Like I, they could feel it at my job too, that I didn't want to be there anymore. Cause my, 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 one of my bosses, he would look at me. He's like, it's, it's cool. Like, I know you're not going to be here for the next couple of years or so. Just, and, I, and I, in my head, I'm just like, what's he talking about? He goes, I can feel it. You're just, you're ready to go. And I, I didn't know I was ready to go, but he could feel it on me. And I'm just like, okay. And, and, and little by little, he gave me space to make these, these certain moves. And things were just adding up in a sense. And, and then like, after that point, I just wanted to disconnect from things that weren't like serving me for the better. And 2018 was coming around and I was still living with my roommates and I, I it was just like strong at this point. Like, nope, I got to do something different in my life. I can't just sit around walling about it. You're just thinking about it. I have to physically make some moves and put myself in a position where these moves can like come into fruition and, and, and add up to something. And so when our uh, renewal for a lease was going to come up, I told, I told my roommates, I was like, guys, I'm, I'm going to hike the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> and they looked at me like, well, I was like, oh, I'm going to hike the Appalachian Trail. Like, like, <laughs> I, like I, didn't, I wasn't talking about it a few days prior or nothing. It was just like, I just came into the living room, made an announcement. I was like, uh, I'm not renewing the lease and <laughs> I'm going to be hiking the Appalachian Trail. And they just looked at me like, what? And I was just like, yep, that's, that's my plan. And it was like, I just jumped into the deep end and then decided to go from there. So that became the focus. And then I just started planning out my financials to make sure that everything would line up the way I needed to. But at that point, like, like, I, I as you mentioned, the, um, the Neo and, and Morpheus, like I, I drank the red pill, man. <laughs> I, I had drank it and, and everything was lining up the way I needed to. Like, you know how they, he drinks it and he goes to the next room and they sit him down and everything else gets taken care of. And then he gets out of the matrix. It was like that move. Yeah. Like, it was like, I, I took the, I took the step forward. I was getting hooked up to the machines. I don't know what was happening. I touched the mirror and the shit sucked me in. <laughs> right, right. Wow. So, and then, and then so life how, was something different the next end. So how long, how long does it take to, to, to hike the Appalachian Trail? That's the beauty of it. There's, it, It's all on you. You can finish it in four okay. months. You can finish it in five months. You can finish it in a year. Um, to finish it through to through, it, it will take someone about five to six months. It took me six months, but I was like chilling and partying in places, having a good time. Um, 
Go ahead. Before we get before we get into all that good time, what kind of planning do you like? What kind of planning do you have to uh, to make to actually you know actually get on the trail and be successful? You know, without dying okay, or hurting so, yourself. So I had told my friend about it, and he's a very big enthusiast, outdoorsy person. Um, he had went to uh, what was it? What was the state he went to? It was a. Uh, one of the I forget the name of the states not coming to my brain right now, but it was one of those outdoorsy states where you fish and hunt and hike and camp and all that. And he had came back with his hypeness, and he had told me Harlem and my friend Abdul uh, if we wanted to go hike um, and camp one night. And to me, I was like, "Fuck it, let's go do that." That sounds like a good idea. I want to go hike the Appalachian Trail. This is a good intro to it. Like I was saying, things were just adding up to like giving me the experience. And he had given me the advice. He's like, you know what? You want to sleep better, get a hammock. He had basically given us the guidelines of how to have a good night that one night. But when we got on the trail, my ass was like hiking with this backpack. And it felt amazing and good and natural. And like they call it a hiker bug. You got, you got bit by the hiker bug, basically. And I got bit hard because I was like looking up at the sky, looking at the trees, touching the plants, having a good time. And I look back and my friends are gone. <laughs> like they were just so far back and I, I had to wait for them for a few minutes and they were so pissed at me because like I was just literally making distance and waiting for them. And then the sun was going down. None of us knows how to set up a tent or a, or a hammock or anything. And I'm just like, I'm forgetting all about the essentials. Um, and finally we get to this little campsite and it's getting dark and then we're setting up, we're setting up shop and it's not that hard. Like you, you really think that it is like a difficult thing to set up shop, but it's, it's kind of like figuring out how to wash your clothes for the first time, putting it in the washer, putting the detergent, how much you put in it, how much you don't need. Like it's, it's just practice. The more practice you do in it, the better you get at it. And it's not something that that, that it's impossible to learn. So a lot of people come in and like, oh wait, how would you do this? But it's, 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 it's like brushing your teeth. You just get used to it. And it's part of the routine you do. And when you wake up in the morning, you know, brush your teeth, jump in the shower, grab your towel, change your, change your clothes, whatever. Like you have a routine, you, you pick up a new routine basically when you're out there. Um, but, but he gave us the basics. And from there, um, I started doing the research and then he, he told me three things. You can only, you, you have three options in camping and or hiking, but you can only pick two light. You can go lightweight, cheap, or durable. Those are your three options. You can only pick two. So if you go cheap, it's not going to be uh, durable or lightweight. So, um, if, if you go lightweight, it might not be cheap, but it'll be durable. Like you have, those are your three options and you have to play around with it. Um, cause again, you're, you're walking 2,200 miles with a backpack that might weigh between 20 pounds and 40, <laughs> hopefully somewhere in the 25, 30 pounds. So, uh, but for the basics, um, like I, like I just did a bunch of research and what it comes down to is, you know, the, the clothes that you're going to walk with all day, you're, you're wearing a set of clothes and some shoes. So your shoes are your base and then your backpack. Once you get over your shoes and your backpack and your sleep system, everything else plays into whatever you need at that point. Like, it's just like luxury. Because once you, once you dial in what shoes you're going to be rocking every day of the week, the backpack you're going to be carrying, because not everyone can conform. Like your, They build backpacks to certain shapes and sizes, so you have to try a couple of them to make sure that they fit for you. Um, cause after four miles of carrying the same backpack, that shit will start to dig in you in a way that you're just like, okay, this is not going to be long lasting. I can't pull this off this way. And a lot of people have this experience. Like the, when you start off in the northbound section, which is Georgia and you work your way up to Maine. Um, and I think it's the first 
10 miles there's already a, what they call an outfitter which is a store that has a whole bunch of like camping equipment and stores like that and a lot of hikers dump off of tons of gear there or they'll buy new gear which they found out that in the first 10 miles they either didn't need use or it wasn't efficient for them um i did a little bit lean go ahead you said you started in georgia and came up to maine i, I thought it would be the- i went from maine and went to georgia Okay, no, you're okay. saying people, people, people leave shit behind because because yeah. So the the most common right. people start off in in Maine and Georgia, sorry, and work their way up to Maine. They, they call them northbounders. Um, yeah, and they, so because that's the most popular one, that's also the most crowded one. So you'll get like a good two thousand, three thousand people in a month starting in that same start, starting point. And then like it, the, from what I've, the research they gave me from what I've heard, like the trail gets pretty trashed up pretty hard um, because there's so many people walking and then you gotta deal with so many people like camping at the same places and the same sites. Um, so in my mind, when she, when I, when I got introduced to the trail, they had said Maine to Georgia first. So I thought it was Maine to Georgia and it just added up to me. Cause like I was doing the research and then it said, you know, you, you walk a little bit more by yourself uh you you don't deal with so much crowds and then in my head i'm brown and i don't want to deal with the cold so i was like if i walk to the south and in the in the winter time it'll be warmer or something thinking like florida times but it doesn't add up that way like i was walking and it got super cold on me i was in the middle of the smokies and the shit was like ice everywhere my feet were frozen <laughs> like that was the worst experience that I, at least part of it was that but you know it you you learn and and your body adapts like i've never been so exposed to the cold with very little on and so comfortable in my life like that wow. that was like the one time like that i really learned my body so well that's another thing about the experience like you really you really learn yourself in a way you've never given yourself an opportunity to learn yourself mm. so i have to ask so what do you take a shit at uh so it's called a cat hole um when you're walking on the trail there's a couple oh, rules you don't shit near you don't shit near water sources, so you have to be 200 feet away from any water source. Um, it's very uh, polite to not shit on the trail or like next to the trail. You know, walk a good, a good 20, 30 feet off the trail to the sides, and then you basically, they encourage you to carry this little tool that helps you dig a hole. But you can do it with your feet. You can do it with a stick. Uh, the tool is convenient because it makes it a lot faster, especially when you really have to shit and pull your pants down. And it's called a cat hole. You dig, you know, a six feet, uh, six feet down not six feet, I'm sorry, uh, like a couple inches down, six inches down and you're good to go. And then take a shit, cover it up. Um, you can put a stick in the middle of it to be polite. So if someone, you know, is looking for another spot to shit in, they can see the stick hanging up. Go, you know what? I'm not digging that hole up. <laughs> there might be a plant there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there's something fermenting there pretty good. Um, <laughs> That's funny shit. Uh, it's also polite too, to take the toilet paper and dig it in there too and mix it around so it can decompose and not fly up because the animals will they'll smell your shit and they'll start digging things up here and there. Oh damn. I, I was I was reading that 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 the trail's actually safe because the the animals can smell you coming and they, they'll go oh, if you're a hiker they can smell you coming from miles away because you smell like shit, honestly. Like they call them, they call you hiker trash. Like you smell like you smell like garbage. Like especially when you walk past like a day hiker, like you can smell people who are just like day visiting the trail, and like you can smell them from a distance too because it smells so nice, so clean. And then like 
it, it happened to me too because I, I walked past this, this first set of people and I'm just like, wow, they smell so good. And like, and I was still walking for like, like five minutes and I still could smell them in the air. And then it dawned on me. I'm just like, Tim, I wonder what I smell to them. <laughs> like, and like what they're walking through right now, like the section that I just came through, like I probably smell like straight up garbage. I specifically remember my brother picking me up one day when I came here to Pennsylvania and I got into his car and he doesn't let it go at all. Like he, he's just like, dude, you smell like so much garbage and smell like shit that like he, he almost puked. He pulled over and he was like, he was gagging a little bit. I was like, dude, it's not, that, I'm, I'm sitting here like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Shut the fuck up. It's not that bad. And he's like, no, dude, like I had to wash my car afterwards. The, the Cheer stunk. Oh my god! Yeah. So, so from what you're saying, like, do, do your do your senses heighten when you're on the trail? Like, since you since you're just doing one thing for so long, um, you. Nah, I, I, it's hard to say high end. I would say you become more familiar with how much you're capable of doing something. Like, like your smell, your 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 body adapting. Um, and uh, and your eyesight's because there'd be days you're just in there and you can just see things from a distance like I could smell fires from a distance like when I was hiking like anyone who made a fire and I was getting close to the fire I could smell you for a good mile away and I could uh, be like that fire's gonna feel good I'm about to take my shoes off put the so, shoes next to the fire so, so every like is there like some sort of policy or or a code that is like if I have a fire going on you're welcome to it even though I don't know you um so the so there's shelters all along the trails and the shelters are um they're 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 part of the trail and anyone can use them the the gist is like if you see a through hiker someone who's hiking the whole thing you know they have first dibs on the on the thing on uh, like on a spot to sleep in there that night so a shelter is basically it's made it's, it's three walls it's not enclosed so it's three walls that basically helps you protect you from like the wind oh, yeah. and the rains and and it gives an excuse not to set up your hammock or your tent that night. You just basically <laughs> set up like your airbed or your you put your mat down and then you sleep inside the shelter that way. But the rules is basically you know courteousness. You know first dips comes to the the through hikers. Anyone who's hiking major miles gets dips first. Day hikers and like you know campers who are coming for the day. Um, of course, they don't know the rules off the bat, but it's nice when they do and they're experienced and they're just like, you know what, we're going to set up shop a little bit away, let someone else have that spot because, you know, they're obviously you're doing like 15, 20 miles a day, yeah. you're exhausted, you're not, you're not trying to like do extra work when you get to camp, but you're really just looking to eat and pass out. Right. So I know that, I know that they sell this, um, this like water filter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a Go bunch of those out there. Yeah, that I've seen, like they kill like the parasites and stuff in the water and they drink the water. So the best one I would recommend is the Sawyer filter. They sell them at Walmart and any sports outfit or stores you go to. Um, you can you can filter like that ten thousand gallons of water through it or something. I forget the exact number, but it's a lot. Like you won't run through it through your lifetime. But wow. um, essentially, you can it adapts to any water bottle, like the tops, and then you can basically get like water from the river and then screw it onto the top like a cap and then just drink straight out of it like that or you can filter the water into a different container and then have 100 percent filtered water in one container what i did was i had a it's called a bladder it's basically a bag that you fill up with water it had an extension hole where i can fill uh screw on the filter so i would fill up my bladder that would be my my, my what would you call the dirty water holder 
and then I would filter into my clean water filters, which would be like a, a smart water bottle. So a smart water bottle has a liter and a liter weighs about 2.4 pounds. Uh, yeah, you, you get into the measurements of the weights, very oh, sure. intriguing afterwards. But like, yeah, that's something I learned the hard way because I was carrying two liter water bottles. And I was like, yo, I feel heavy. And as soon as I, I threw one of them out, I was like, oh, that feels a little bit lighter. Like, what's going on here? And I'm doing the math going, oh, shit, that's two pounds right there. Like, like that's not that's not like walk in the park. Like, so and, and it adds up really fast. Um, one thing they say a lot is like, you know, if, if you didn't touch it or use it in the first hundred miles, you probably don't need it at all. So. Mm-hmm. That's something like the um at least my part because I, I came again Maine to Georgia so when you come through Maine you do like the hardest parts at the beginning and then it gets kind of dialed down quote unquote easier as you go. Yeah. <laughs> but, but um, um, so you say you went from Maine to Georgia. So how do you know you're done? Uh, you get to the end. There's a plaque at the beginning at the end. So there's a plaque oh, okay. uh in the in the north uh, the northest most I forgot to say it the northern 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 terminus there you go there's a terminus there and there's a plaque that says you are at the northern terminus of the appalachian trail the trail that goes all the way from georgia to maine or backwards if you're in maine it says maine to georgia 2200 miles the appalachian trail and it's, it's as a whole quote it's a volunteer program da, 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 and, that. and then there's usually a book that anyone can sign and leave like information their name contact info or just write like information like oh by the way um Point three miles from here, there's gonna be a rattlesnake spot. Like, watch out or something. <laughs> yeah, that, that's 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 your text message and bulletin board. Those books. So every shelter has a book, and you can write logs in them. And that's how most people basically communicate back and forth with each other. Gotcha. So I read that less than fifteen thousand people have completed the Appalachian Trail. How many people? How many people do you know have, have completed it besides yourself? Um, at least. I, I don't want to be biased, but the, the Southbounders are determined to finish that shit hard, and, and we have less distractions. So like I said, most people start off north, so you're having a lot of individuals, different parts of life, a lot of different parties. So there's I bumped into three major bubbles when I was walking with Northbounders, like the serious people who were making miles, the more relaxed people who were partying here and there, and then the really partier modes who were just like really partying. So, so what's like, a party? Like if, it's like it's it's basically it's basically um what do you it's like, it's like tailgating but you're moving <laughs> you're moving in the woods like it's tailgating but you're walking yeah and if you're not walking you're in a really cool spot with next to the river and people got guitars banjos movies anything you can think of partying dancing enjoying life like in the mood like getting fires lit. everywhere getting kid, lit, super kid. lit super lit <laughs> like, i'm gonna tell you right now like yeah so not not, so, not 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 to dive too deep into it so so people obviously you know there's Wait, the Man, whole point he, is to dive into it, asshole. No, of course. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. 100% right, Francisco. Go fuck you, too. But but either way, so, you know, you have men and women or, or whatever, whatever, whatever you know, people's flavor is. Sex, sex. Yes, sex. yes. Everybody's yes. drinking. Everybody's, everybody's, you know, doing whatever whatever the drug of choice is. Now, yeah, do, yep. we, do people have dirty sex? You know, I haven't taken a shower in four in four days, girl. But guess some what? High, some of that. Okay, so there's there's exactly that. So there's um, what was it called? So if a if 
there if a dude is following a girl what was it called oh, there, there was a saying for that and there was also another saying for if a girl is following a guy or oh, pink blazing that's what it's called so blaze a blaze is based so a blaze is the marker i was telling you about so if you follow a, the white markers on the trail they're called the blaze and a blaze is like it, it's a measurement on a tree or on a rock so uh you're always following the white blaze the white blaze is your indication of where you're going they call it pink blazing when a dude is chasing, is chasing a girl. They call it kaleidoscope blazing when a girl is chasing a guy. <laughs> and uh, yellow blazing is when someone hops off the trail and takes a car ride to another point of the trail and tr continues walking. Because oh, wow. the that's, that's technically cheap, right? <laughs> uh, so there, there's levels to this. Because like if you're a purist, what they call a purist, you don't leave the trail at all. Like you don't hop off the trail. You don't make any distance with cars. You just follow the blazes and they will look down on someone who does that. Um, and then there's the intermediate people in between who are like, fuck it, you know, and this is where the saying comes from. Hike your own hike. It's like you, you, you hike your own hike. No one's here to tell you how to do it, when to do it, where to go. You right. do it according to what you feel is right to you. And that's what hike your own hike is all about. And there's the people who are going to judge you like, oh, you, 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 oh, like I was hiking 12 miles today. I saw this one person pass me by. And then three days later, he, I saw them in front of me uh, at a different town. Like, <laughs> like, like, like people get stingy and like they'll write it in the books and shit. Like, yo, fuck you. Da, da, da. Like, oh, I can't believe people are skipping. Uh, like, oh, I didn't see your names in the logs. I didn't see your name the last log or three or whatever like shit like that like like it, it, it just it gets really anal-ish and like picky about it but like like i gotta tell everybody hike your own hike just figure out what your own flow is because you're here for a reason and you're gonna figure it out and it's gonna the trail is gonna it's gonna test you and and it's gonna put you in positions that you're either gonna be true to what you came out here for or you're not yeah. and that's yeah, going back to the 1500 that you were saying like a lot of people started but not many people complete it and that's and that's right. the that's where those numbers dwindle a lot down right but it, it makes sense though because if, if you're hiking your own hike right and let's say you don't complete it you get off the trail blah blah you fucking go 10 miles up and then you get back on the trail whatever and you sign the book you're not fooling anyone but yourself Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's, exactly. It's, it's 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 a it's it's a it's a one man sport. Like you you're doing it, yeah. but you're gonna find out who what you're about. Either you're a fucking pussy, you didn't complete it, or or you set out and you did what you, you set out to do. A hundred percent agree with you. That's exactly how it goes. And and this is the this is the great debate of the trail. <laughs> this is the great debate of the trail. I, I felt Gio. I felt like um the the question was sidestep. So. People were having sex on the trail, like, you know, like, oh, we're partying. You know? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Some of the hikers will, yeah, they'll smash in their tents. They'll pull out their tents. So I, I'm a hiker who went by himself and met other people there. But there's couples who go together and they and they just set up their shot. You Literally, you'll be walking and you'll see a tent on the side. Like, uh, I know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> like, ain't no one setting up their tent in the middle of the day on the side <laughs> for no right, fucking right. reason. Taking a, quick little, taking a quick little nappy nap. <laughs> yeah, huh? They're shaking the ground. <laughs> Shit. Damn, that, that, yeah. that would suck. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, that's a big part of the trail. There's even trail babies. Like, people have, like, kids who are born from the yeah, trail. Like, yeah, I, I was yeah. Gonna that's, ask, I was going to ask you about that. That's a big thing, yeah. And there, there's there's people who lived all their life just living along the trails. Like, they were born there or their family was raised upon, like, the section of the trail. And then they just, they live there and they help the community and they're part of the community. So there's trail angels. And then what I call um the great grandfather trails angels like there's the people who have like 10 years plus 
helping hikers, either driving them to places, picking them up, helping them stay at shelters, their homes, locations, hotels. Wow. They're, they're, they're beautiful people. And that's the one thing that I loved about when I was on the trail, because like I'm, I'm coming in here looking at the stats, like this isn't a, a very diverse thing to do. Like this, it, honestly, there's a lot of white people who do this shit. Very few uh, minorities who really complete the trail or even start the trail. And I'm thinking to myself, am I going to get some racist shit when I go like all the way to the freaking South or am I a little bit up in Maine and shit where they don't even see no brown people? Like, am I going to be dealing with some hate? And, and I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, you know, deal with something when it comes to it. But yeah, it, it never, it never, it never really did. Like I, I only had one incident with a ranger out of all people. So it was expected in a sense, but I had, so, I had some of the best times with like some of these randomest people that I just met. Like literally I met you a couple hours ago. And from here, you're either giving me a ride to town, offering me to let me stay at your place, letting me stay at your place. Actually, I stayed at a lady's place for two days in a row, waiting for a package to come in the mail. Like it, it was, and she was awesome with it. Like she just let me stay at her place. Let me wash my clothes, fed me, took me to a restaurant. Like, and then I met another hiker friend who came off the trail and she let him stay too at the house. Like super amazing people. Like I'm just like strangers, strangers, complete, wow. complete strangers. And I'm, and like, I'm hitchhiking for rides and shit, shit that I've always been told never to do. And now I'm here doing this shit and meeting some of the most amazing like i met i met a city councilman who he just picked me up a city councilman and him from from the from the trailhead to the town he's given me his life story how he used to be a councilman for like 10 plus years met this amazing lady but she lives literally outside of the town so he had to quit his job as a councilman because he lives outside of the city border to be with the girl that he finally met that he loves and now they live on the outskirts of the town but he still visits the town because he has friends and family there it was it, it was just a beautiful story i'm just like wow now you're picking me up and taking me to the town he's like yep exactly and i'm just like i pick up hikers all the time no so, question so, so the hikers are are, are uh, like dominantly white uh yeah yeah okay. i would okay. i would say yes yeah it makes sense Look, i think uh, i think the I past couple years one dominican on the trail um uh i met a puerto rican yeah, <laughs> that's, that's close count. enough for me. Shit, I met a Puerto Rican. Like I heard him talk. I don't speak Spanish, and I spoke Spanish right there. And I felt like I didn't hear Spanish for months. And I'm like, oh shit, I, I feel good to hear Spanish. Like I was talking to myself in Spanish just to hear the the, to the dialect in the, in the in the middle of the year. <laughs> like yeah, you know, there's, there's like there's days you're walking and like I I I would I probably went like four or five days the max without seeing nobody at one point. Like, and literally, and when I did see that first person. Yeah, no one at all. Just keep walking in the woods. And then when I finally saw that one person before I got to the town, I had a conversation with the dude. And walking away from the dude, I was like, is that dude real? Like, did I make up this dude or did I just have a conversation with nobody? <laughs> like, I'm just like, like, no one's here to justify that this person was real. Kind of like that that analogy, like if a tree falls in the woods, does someone hear it? Like, it was that moment to me. I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, I'm, uh, I'm in here for too long now. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. <laughs> But but yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful experience. Like you break anything and everything down that you thought was you, and you really find out what you are. Um, because there's no TV out there. There's no 
like that's something about TV and like media and and promotion and ads that I that I'm give, I'm gonna give credit to that right now. You you may not think you're seeing the ad, but your brain is capturing the ad, and whatever that ad is designed to do to make you trigger in your brain, your subconscious is is working on it while you're consciously not caring about it, but it's in your brain, and they've done their job to get some shit in your brain for you without you right, noticing right. it. So when I was out there, it was these stupid little ads and jingles popping up into my brain, and as the ads were getting less and less. I'm gonna say fire or um, like they weren't getting juiced up. Like they weren't getting like a, a, a sense of refreshness happening in my brain. Right. They were just dwindling away. And then it was like little by little, my, my brain was just all this clutterness. And then little by little, it was just quiet. And, and then like this voice, my voice just louder and louder and a lot more clear. Like it was, it wasn't, it wasn't like anything between me and myself and my own thoughts. It was just, clearness like it was very i don't know it's it's something that when i was out there i felt and then when i would come to towns and i would see a tv or hear the radio in or ad i could hear it like refreshing it up in my brain like giving me the download again i'm just like oh shit 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 no, no, no i gotta get out of here yeah exactly i'm like i get the fuck out of the town now like let's right. go like there'd be days I would, I would i would do yeah exactly i would do what i um i call it smash and grab where i would go into town smash a bunch of food grab my resupply and dip like did not spend a day there and not try just a couple of hours max and leave like because I just, I just didn't want to get the download <laughs> that's what i would call it. i'm like oh I'm, not, I'm they're trying to download shit on me man i'm not i'm not trying to download <laughs> yeah so let, 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 let me ask you a question just bring it bring it uh to date um as far as uh, the, the pandemic going on so i'm reading here that you know a lot of people were discouraged from going on the trail uh because of the pandemic and then there's people throughout the hike you know that they have like i guess in town where people go mm -hmm. to buy stuff or whatever they got hit by it as well um what, what's what's your take on the whole pandemic thing and doing the trail or what have you heard about people doing so so just to talk on the trail of the people who are on the trail so there's a lot of businesses that depend on the trail because it brings right. in so many hikers like, like like you said earlier thousands of people so there's like two three thousand people who try it on the northbound at least and only maybe hundreds of them complete it so but about the but the completion part like they'll walk probably like most of the people will probably walk a good thousand miles which gets into pennsylvania so from georgia to pennsylvania all those businesses got some plush like money dropped to them like maybe 40 50 dollars at a time um for per head and then especially if you're a hiker you come to town you're hungry as fuck and your and your appetite and your app and your, your metabolism is on like five thousand plus nas and nitrous everything you can think of like your body's on a celebrated mode and you're eating for like four people five people at a time especially when you get to town like i used to eat like like i was pregnant plus another family on the side type shit like like i was eating hard and so like all these businesses that I'm getting, like the resupply, resupply is basically me getting food for the next couple of days to get to the next town. And resupply would be like Cliff Bars, candy, Snickers, uh, the instant rice, tuna packets, um, honey buns, uh, quick calories to fill me up and then to get on the, uh, to get on the trail again and keep burning. But, um, but yeah, so most of those businesses that depend on them, some of these mom and pop shops, they probably didn't get too many hikers or much income from that. There's yeah. also hostels that depend on this money too. And hostels are are the most beautiful things I've been in. Like they're like hotels without the, all the extra glamour, but they have all the essential of a house, like a caring house home, warm feeling. So, um, and the hostels are amazing. You pay like 25 bucks, 
$15 sometimes. Some of them are even donate-based where you just come in, they let you shower, wash your clothes. You can stay in the common areas and for a day or two, and then you can just dip out. Like, no, you could drop a, a dollar or two or drop $20 if you want, but I never pay more than 40 bucks for a place. So they're pretty cheap, the hostels. So all these businesses are lacking and hurting on that sense. And some of them are like, they're just there just for the hiker, some of them. Like, they're just there to help out. And then the hikers itself, like, uh, I can I can see why some of the hikers would be afraid. Like, yeah, you know, I'm going to get to town. They're going to be closed. I can't get to these shops or I can't sleep in the hostels for whatever reason. But many hikers started and complete. Some hikers already completed the trail like right now. And it's because, again, hike your own hike. Like I can get yeah. I can get I can get very political or I can get very straightforward with it. Like if you're going to be a bitch, you're going to be a bitch. You're not going to hike. That's on you. <laughs> like oh, yeah. it's, it, it doesn't matter what conditions it, it's going to be the Corona. When I was hiking, it was it was World War Three happening. Like that's when I was hiking. Like and and, and it was like China and the U.S. are about to blow shit up. And I had no communications to me. Like my my, my ongoing joke was I'm going to find out we're in World War III when I see the bombs hit the ground first. Basically, that's sure. it. Because I don't have any any news feeds out here to tell yeah, me, yeah. yeah, we're in war, we're not in war. Like, so, so it was, it is always going to be something and the conditions are always going to change and 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 something's going to be there in place. It, and again, it comes down to taking one step at a time and are you willing to take that one step at a time? Yeah. That's wow. the most harsher version of the hiker on hike. There you go. <laughs> there's a nice version of it, and then there's the straight up. Listen, don't be a you, bitch. You know, you know just don't crazy? be a fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, you keep saying hike your own hike, and I'm like, I guess that's the thing that everybody says. But I'm reading this article and about the coronavirus and the, and the hike, and the the last sentence, right? The last two sentences is personally, I don't know what to believe, what's right or wrong in relation to COVID. He said, but the last thing he said, he goes, hike your own hike, you know. <laughs> Yeah, because it's true. Don't be a, that's the best way to be. Don't like, be a do bitch. That, that, right. that, 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 that encompasses all do. that. Do you, boo boo? Exactly. Right, like, right. like yeah. I don't care about you. I'm gonna finish my hike. Like when I when I got to the when I got to the cold parts and the shit was literally ice everywhere and it was storming and raining and ice rain falling down and I had one option. I can go the fuck home and quit, or I can wait it out here, the storm to go away, which isn't going to go away, or I can hike my fucking hike and get on the trail and see what I'm fucking made out of. And I saw what I was fucking made out of. <laughs> like, right. I bitched and moaned, but I grinded my way through, and I stepped every step, and I walked every mountain, and I came the fuck down, and I said to myself, fuck yeah. At the beginning, it felt like shit, but when I got to every mountaintop, there was nothing better than being at that top of the mountain, seeing the view, and going, my fucking body brought me up to this bitch. My body not a machine not a not technology but just this idea my grit and me telling my body we're gonna fucking make it and that's it and and that was the mentality that i had like it was either i'm gonna finish this shit or i'm gonna fucking die trying and that's yeah. that's how i knew i was gonna finish it because there was there was really nothing stopping me and at the beginning i had a plan but you learn really fast that the plan it's it's the plan can get you there, but you have to take it day by day for what you're being exposed to because the plan isn't gonna have every little part of what really is gonna happen when you're in the midst, in the grind, in the mud, walking your ass all you know in the yeah, woods. Like they, they, there was a quote that says, "Everybody has a plan, so you get punched in the mouth." Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, hey, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. You think you know everything, and then when you're doing it, it's just like, and, and that was the one thing I, I felt very like I was so scared that I wasn't gonna be able to pull it off. Like the first, the first three days, I had my first scare moment where I'm just like, oh shit, am I gonna even gonna be able to do this? And um, 
I was, it was basically a, a, the first day for me, Mount Kentaren is the end. It's the mountain that you go up, you get, there's a big plaque up there, like in a, a wooden design plaque type thing. So it's, it's an iconic picture, everyone's standing on it, taking a picture with it. As a southbounder, when you're hiking from Maine to Georgia, you have to go up this mountain and then back down the mountain, and then officially you start walking down to Georgia. Um, so I'm, my first day, I'm hiking up this mountain, and I'm, I'm hype as shit. Like, I'm touching the rocks. I'm touching the trees. I'm, I'm, I'm finally fulfilling this idea in my brain, and I'm feeling like the universe is on my side. Everything in fruition is adding up. The whole secret, the secret is adding up. Like, yes, if you say it long enough and preach it, like, things will add up. Like, I'm just in hype mode. Just things are happening in fruition, the beginning of my journey. And I'm going up this mountain, not giving a fuck about my body or that I have to keep hiking the next day. And I'm just going hard. And I get to the top. I come back down and not even taking no precautions. I'm just coming down, jumping off a rock and rock, being harsh as fuck on my knees and my ankles, not caring. Like I'm gonna go home the next day type shit. <laughs> right, right. And yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm gonna go be in a jacuzzi and a rest and shit. No, 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 no. Like, like so, so yeah. So then I, I go to sleep that night, wake up the next morning, pack up my shit, and I start moving. And my body is sore and it hurts and it feels like leg day on top of leg day. And I'm walking and I feel this like strain on my knee and it's hurting. Like, oh. like, like I broke some shit. Like, and I'm just like, what's going on here? And I'm muscling through it. And I get to where they, they it's called Abel bridge. Um, before you get to the hundred mile wilderness. Cause once you walk into the hundred mile wilderness and that's like on your first day type shit of walking out of the, the, the mountain, um, you're stuck in the hundred mile wilderness. There's no exit. There's no, there's no pathways. Like some people can drive their way through it, but it's really tricky to get into it and get you out. So if you're fucked, you're fucked. Like you're going to be like rescue chopper mode type thing. Yeah. Um, so if you're going in, you know, you, you have to make sure you have the right amount of food and you're prepared to do your next eight to nine days, 10 in these woods before you get on the other side. So I'm going in and before I get into the, to the section, there's this like little common store called Able Store. And I meet my first northbounder who he's basically finishing the trail. He's completed today. He's gonna, he's basically done. And I'm just asking him questions like, okay, so what, what's your experience? What do you this and that? And I'm telling him like, Hey, by the way, I have this pain in my knee right now and it's hurting really bad. And he starts gringing and smiling. And I'm just like, okay, it can't be that bad if he's smiling. He goes, you have hiker knee. And I'm just like, what's that? And he's like, so basically your body isn't ready for the weight that you're carrying and the steps you're taking. And he said, you're going too fast, too heavy, too far. And I was like, wow, that, that just clicked. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Well, I have to slow it down. I have to, he said, yeah, you have to slow it down and you have to get used to the weight or if not, your body's just going to be bitching at you. And I was like, all right, cool. And so I'm waiting there eating my lunch and I see this guy walking by and I'm thinking, oh, he's another North founder. But no, he's a guy who basically tore like an ACL type shit because this shit is all purple and looking disgusting. Oh, and he's sitting on the chair and I'm just like, what happened, dude? And he's like, I, I felt this pain. I pushed it a little hurt, uh, further yesterday into the woods. And he said, um, today I woke up and I literally had to turn around and come back because it was just hurting too much. And that was the end of his hike right there. And I'm looking at him like, wait a minute, you're a southbounder? He goes, yup. I started three days ago and it's over for me right now. And, I'm just, and he's making that call and I'm seeing the car picking him up and I'm watching him leave. And I'm just like, with well, my pain in my knee going, oh shit, it's that. Like, it's, it's fucking, you're going off the island that fast. Like, it, it really could happen to you in an instant. 
and it's like hitting to me how hard like wait a minute am i am i gonna be a joke am i gonna be like am, am i gonna quit right now what the fuck so like i i i told myself you know what just go into the first shelter wait it out do what he did but see can you pull it off the next day and that's what i did i walked to the first shelter and in the first shelter is probably like five miles in so if you get stuck you can walk your way back out the next day or whatever mm. but the next shelter after that is another 10 miles in so that adds up on a 15 mile day if you're hurt and trying to get back so i'm just like oh shit, this is gonna be it's gonna be a maneuver because in my plan i was like i was supposed to be already three shelters in uh 25 miles deep already and shit, and i'm only like 10 miles in i'm just like oh <laughs> This is not what I was expecting. Like, this is not how I thought about it. This is not what I, I you know, because I, I was at home, like, walking these hikes and shit, but the hikes are, it's totally different. Like, the terrain changes, and you're, and, and each terrain requires your body to be a little bit more adaptive to that terrain, and it takes a couple of days for your body to adapt, um, and I wasn't trying to give my body that time to adapt. I was just like, I have a plan. I'm supposed to be so many miles in, and, and yada, yada, yada. And, and by the third day, I was like, yo, fuck that plan. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I got to take it slow. Like, even if, it, even if I fuck up and I only make it to the end of this 100 miles and I have to leave, at least I did 100 miles. That's what I was telling myself. That's so I woke up that partying. day. That's when you started partying, started taking a little easy, no, started taking more pictures. Yeah, that's when my brain was slowing down. I was like, all right, let me just take it one step at a time. Like, fuck the plan. The plan is and the goal is to make it to Georgia, period. The in-between, and I started looking at, like, life this way. The in-between is life. I got to live life and live it and make it a part of me. And when it gets to the end, I'll get to the end. Because, like, to me, like, that's every moment in my life was that way. Like, like high school was that way. You go in, the goal is to get a diploma. Senior year, finish off. But the middle part, no one really explains to you the whole the drama, the stories, the dating, the, the embarrassment, the figuring your shit out, the lockers, the combinations, the the books, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like no one explains all that shit. The, the getting lost in the in the buses, like that that's that's the life you live, and that's what that's what dawned on me. I'm just like, okay, I gotta live this life for what it is. If not, I'm not gonna have my experience. So then everything became every moment. So you wake up to the sun and you go to sleep to the sun going down. Mm. Yeah, you can like you go ahead. Um, that's pretty crazy so then, it kind of gives you like an insight to like how we used to be back in the fucking day living the fucking that day. was my original thought I was like yeah I'm gonna walk like the like the Amish did back in the day <laughs> like, I, I, like, like I'm going from one side of the country cause I, to me that's what I was thinking like okay yeah but I, it, it, it's just hard to put myself in that position cause like and, and this is what I get from talking to one other hiker because the trail's been there for years it's been there for the longest time and I'm not the first hiker to finish it, nor the last, and I wasn't the first, but there was somebody who was the first, and the equipment and the gear that they had back then was nothing compared to what we have today. Like, what we have today is, like, it's fucking amazing. Like, we can we can take a whole house in a backpack that weighs less than 40 pounds. Like, back in the day, like, minimum was probably 35 pounds, and that was just the gear. Like, the, maybe the backpack alone weighed, like, 10 pounds, like, with the yeah. frame and the, all the shit, yeah, like, yeah. on it. Like, like you could buy a backpack today that weighs ounces and that could be your full backpack, like an ultra like gear. Like that's so like one of the guys I was talking to, cause like he was very adamant. Cause like you can, you can go to a hostel and some hostels are in a position where the trail crosses them and then ends up in a different section and then they can pick you up. And then in that little like 10, 15 mile section, 20 mile section, they'll basically say, Hey, we'll pick you up on this one end and drop you off and you walk your way back to us without your backpack. You'll sleep here tonight. And they call it slack packing. 
So essentially, you're not sleeping on the trail that night. You're just walking the miles and ending up in a different point, and then someone's picking you up and then dropping you back off at that point. Right, right. Um, so this is going back to the hike your own hike part because some people see slack packing as like one of the worst things you can do. Like, oh, you're not you're not really hiking the trail because you're not carrying all your gear with you type shit. So a purist would say you're not really hiking the trail. Right. But yeah. but one of the persons that I talked to, he was like, well. And this is again back to hike your own hike. He was like, "Yo, fuck that uh, slack packing shit." Because back in the day, they did the whole shit without any fucking slack pack, and their shit was heavier than our shit. You have no excuse to bitch about some shit that weighs less than what they had. Wow. And I totally understood that. And I was like, "Wow, that changed my perspective." I was like, "Wow, that's that's true. That's that's a hundred percent." And because what he has said that to me, that that instilled in me the grit of like, "Oh, I gotta grind this bitch." Like I'm not gonna be no bitch. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. Like and then and I was so adamant too. Like the the majority of the trail, I barely did any slack pack. Towards the end, I admit I did it because I was not like I was not prepared to sleep in the fucking cold. I wasn't trying to have that. Like I'm brown. Like I'm not built for that. (laughs) So so before we before we we finish up, um, having a um Hispanic parents, how do they feel about uh you going to? Well, two questions. How do your parents feel about you going you going on this trail, which you know you know your parents might or might not be aware of, like oh, but you know where are you going? Oh my God! And what did your coworkers say when you were leaving, and then they found out you know through rumors or you told someone and someone told someone that what you what your plans were? Okay, so I'll start off with the family part first, and then the coworkers. So the family, I'm blessed that my both of my parents. As old traditional my dad is, he's very open-minded and um, and he's very adaptable. And so is my mother. So they're, they're very old school, culturally raised, but they both have su- always supported me to whatever I've decided to do. And that's something that when I brought this up, at first they didn't get it. My mom was very terrified. She was like, wait, you're going to be in the woods by yourself with nothing, like no gun, no, no, no protection. Like, like what? like that. And that's not something in our culture too. Like people don't just go up and hike in our culture, like, or go camping. That's not something that's accepted in a culture like that. So my parents were supportive. At first it took them a, a little bit to understand, but when I showed them that was, you know, the research and everything I had prepared for, they were like, okay, like I was, I was kind of painting this image for them. And then when I was taking the pictures and calling them on the trail and stuff, they felt more at ease. Um, but at the beginning, like, especially my older, other, other cousins and aunts and uncles that have like, no, <laughs> that are stuck in their old ways. They looked at me like I was fucking stupid. Like, they're like, wait a minute, you paid money for education. You got a degree and now you're spending all your money to go live in the dirt. What the fuck? Like, it was just like, it was like, I did something backwards in our whole culture. Like I, I went backwards in the whole design of the, we came here for you can do better and great. And now you're doing that. Like, it was like, yeah. <laughs> and my great grandmother, she said like, she called, she used to call me Pollito. That was her name, my nickname for me. And, and then when I told her about this and tried to explain to her, she was just like, Tuta loco. And then from there was a, a loquito now. So a loquito, like, so my, my, that's it. My nick, years of a pollito and being her favorite to finish college and everything. Now I'm the crazy one, like instantly overnight. Like, so, yeah. so the family didn't accept it. Like they, it was just hard for them because it, it's not something that one, anyone in our family has ever done to no one that they ever know or known or even their friends or family. No, 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 <laughs> has ever right. done. So it's so I in my head I took it as 
it's they never tried this plate before so they don't know what to expect so yeah, I, yeah. I i can't be harsh on them i have to be more harder on me to make sure that i fulfill what i want out of this and that they can see that it's a beautiful experience and right right that's what i did with all my pictures and and and, and as much as i could with that part so then the co-workers was different because um they 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 got to see me kind of evolve from like this very oh it's all about the books and the schooling and the job to fuck this cubicle <laughs> fuck this job like and and the, the biggest gist was like everyone has a calendar or a screensaver that has all these beautiful backgrounds and these forests and these waterfalls and these beautiful places and in my brain i'm just like yo is this place real is this place photoshopped is this place real like wanting to know is this place even real and and i got the taste of it it was real like i got to visualize being in these places and these screenshots and the and and, and to see it for myself but some of the co-workers were like I, a lot of my co-workers are white so like they they're used to camping and going out so they were like wow you're gonna complete that you know it's 2200 so them is the logistics it's all about logistics you know it's 2200 miles right 14 states are you sure you're willing to sleep more than you know four weeks at a time outside not seeing someone for two weeks and carrying like all this weight like it was very logistical like i didn't hear much about the essence the meat of what the trail really is and this is something that if you never really hike for that long or walk that long you're not going to have that insight so um, one of my co-workers um uh, what well, he was like my boss too. He's very outdoorsy, and he he knew that he, I was gonna have the best time of my life. He's like, and and the experience was gonna be the something that's gonna change my perspective for, for for going forward for everything. And he was very encouraging, and he's he was someone who was just like, I'm I'm excited for you to do this, because it's not like and not like he would live through me in the sense, but something that I could tell that he would love to do it himself too. So from there, I got very really good encouragement. And I told him, like, I'm like, you know, Pennsylvania is the halfway point. I'm going to be back in a couple months. I'm going to stop by, say what's up to you guys. And I did. I did that. Like, I stopped in Duncannon because that's where the trail cuts off. My, my roommates picked me up, took me to Harrisburg. I spent a couple of days there. Monday came along, and I went to the office. Like, I, I texted one of my friends, like, hey, can you come check me into the office? And he was like, yeah, I'm going to pick you up. Went downstairs. And by this point, my hair was long. I had a big-ass beard. And I went to the office. I saw you everybody. Shower, right? They were like, what? <laughs> yeah, hey, I had showered. Yeah, I had showered with my roommates last year. Right, right. Took a shower and everything. I wore my town clothes, which is like your fancy clothes. <laughs> your town and then clothes. like, yeah, yeah, you carry town clothes. So when you get to town, you can you can look a little nice. If you're if you're bougie like that. If not, you just say fuck it. You just walk around with bullshit town, like hand me down stuff. Um, but yeah, so like I, I got to see the same co-workers and they were like, what? You're still you're here hiking it? I'm just like, yep, I just got halfway here. Like this is, a, I, I just passed a thousand miles a few days ago. Like what's wow. up? Like, and it was like, it was, it was realistic. It was like surreal. And then I even got to see my old cubicle and nothing changed, nothing changed. And as soon as I was observing that, like, see, nothing would have fucking changed if you would have never fucking moved. Like if you would have just sat here with this idea that, yeah, it's a beautiful thought, but if you don't make any fucking actions, you would have just sat right the fuck here in this cube, typing away, and instantly as I was like cursing the, the freaking cubicle out, the screensaver of this mountaintop popped up, and I'm just like, fuck yeah, I was on that mountaintop. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you ain't gonna get me, like, because I remember I had a moment, like, and it hit me so hard, like, I was literally on the mountaintop, and it was a Monday, and at the time, it was 10 o'clock, and, and, and I was so weak, so weak, like, I started crying, like, because every Monday... Well, every day at 10, it was a meeting time. You had to sit, you had to get together in a cubicle and talk about what we didn't do yesterday, what we were supposed to accomplish yesterday, what we're going to accomplish today, what has stopped us, get to the, get the team on the same page type things. And I'm looking at these fucking mountains and like 
my eyes can't see anything but greenery and beauty and I could feel the wind and the sun and blessed and, and favored and, 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 and looking at the time going, fuck, like it's really that easy. Like it's really that fucking simple. You can change your life in an instant. If you just take the moves and pick yourself up and walk towards what you want, like it's not going to be handed to you. It's never going to be handed to you. That's one thing I've learned. We 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 have this. Oh, I'm gonna win the lottery type ideology. Mm-hmm. Like, no, shit is not gonna get handed to you at all. Like, like once you walk through the door, then someone's gonna be on the other side. Like, yeah, this is, hey, you won that. Here you go. <laughs> but you gotta break that door down first. You gotta yeah. fucking make the moves to 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 break the lock, pick the lock, melt it, chop that shit down. Whatever you gotta do to get to that door, but you gotta get through it. Like, and and that's that day that that really solidified for me. And like coming back to PA and walking in, I was just like, yo, there's there's nothing that's gonna stop me but me. Like, if I decide to stop, I'm gonna stop, which I don't and don't want to. So. Let's keep it fucking moving. Let's keep pushing it. And I feel like that's 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 the whole route to like a happier, healthier, and better life. Just grounding yourself first, finding out what it is that t- makes you tick every morning. There's something that makes you tick and motivates you. And, and as long as you feed that and water it like a nice, beautiful plant, it's going to grow beautifully. It's going to provide fruit. You're going to eat that fucking fruit under a beautiful shaded tree and have a good fucking time. Like, <laughs> like I don't know how else to explain it. That's good, man. I think, I think a lot of people need to hear that. That's, that's, that, that's really good. I mean, a, a simple, a simple thing just as, as it adds thought, up as having the thought to do something and then, and then becoming, you know, coming in, making it real. Once you make it real, you know, what, all the things that come with it, it's not just you completing that. There's so much more. There's so much more that you learn about yourself. Absolutely. And and all that. That's great. Because I remember when I finished it too, like, this is what they called a, a, a trophyless accomplishment because there, when you finish it, there, you know, it's up to you when you finish it. What, what, what was your goal to complete? And then when you get to that goal, like there isn't anybody cheering, there isn't anyone giving you a diploma, flowers, like yeah, yeah. there, 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 there isn't the, 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 what I was used to, like, I'm used to like after every graduation, my mother, my father, a party or something, there wasn't none of that. It was, it was, it was me for myself. Like it, it was whatever I got out of it. When I got to the end, I got to the last white blaze i looked back and i was like i made it like i finished yeah. it but i think yeah. there, there, there has to be a sense of of i completed it and only this amount of people have ever done this like no one around me can say that they've done this and that, that i think that comes with a little bit of entitlement as well like you can say you, you're you're able to say that like self see the top the the, the 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 number part i didn't really care about that point well, before I even started it, I've already gotten to the point because college taught me that anyone can do college. Like to me, I feel anyone can do it if you just dedicate yourself to it. Right. it yeah, there's the financial barriers in there and there, but if you can, if you can, you know, like I said, chop that fucking door down and get your financials in a line, I feel anybody with any level of reading can figure out college because I don't feel like it's that difficult to look at a book, you know, learn what the book is trying to tell you, repeat it, regurgitate it, finish the test, you got your answer. Like college to me was like that gave me that instillment that if you if you just dedicate yourself to the work or the craft you do it frequently enough you're gonna get good automatically because that's that's human nature so when i got to the end i didn't see it as oh like i'm probably one of the first dominicans to finish this shit which because i was looking at the stats i'm probably like one of the first dominicans to ever fucking do that shit like like, probably 
<laughs> yeah, and like there's this one, this is black dude that I, I follow along. He's what you call a triple crowner. He finished the PCT, the CDT, and the Appalachian Trail. The CDT and the PCT are out at West in like the Arizona desert shit. So if you finish all three, they, they call you a triple crowner. Those are the longest trails in the United States that you can finish. So he's probably one of very few black people who have completed all of them. And that's why he, he has a book out and he writes about his experience and the whole gist of it but at the same time i have tons of people tell me the same thing to me and i'm just like i'm like nah i've, I've already been a poster child for plenty of things and i'm just like not this one this is one of those that I'll, I'll i love speaking about it but i always recommend everyone and tell everyone you need to go have your own experience of it you need to go put yourself out there figure out what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with because there's a lot of fears that again that like the tv and the ads there was a lot of fears that i brought into the trail that i found out were just not real like they were just given to me or instilled in me to have and today i apply that same fearless mentality like i'm not fearless but i have more logic in a sense where i know that that's not that, that fear doesn't exist so like in business moves in in, in my day-to-day -day life like i'm making some of the moves that people are looking at me like wow i wish i could do that i wish i could do that and it's like Honestly, you just gotta go go hike a trail. <laughs> go that's, go get comfortable <laughs> with yourself. Cause like when you when you carry yourself every day, when you carry your own weight every day, you don't feel afraid of carrying it anywhere else. You don't feel afraid of showing it off to anyone. Because wow. it's your weight to carry. Yeah. Well, um, last question. No, 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 no. I have hmm? two more questions. Uh, oh, go, go, keep them coming, keep them coming, keep them coming. I'll, I'll give you my two, my last two questions and Jimmy can ask his last question and we can finish. But the first question is how much how much financial planning does, has to be done? How much does it cost to, to hike it? And number two and number two, can you take a phone and is there signal? <laughs> okay. Well I'll answer well, it backwards. You probably don't want to take the phone, that's the whole point of it, but I'm just saying. No, no, no that, I'll answer it backwards. You can take your phone. Um there is signal. I had Verizon. Um I had a lot of signal most places. Uh, as soon as you pass the tree lines and all the bushy places, you'll usually catch a couple bars. Um, and sometimes if you're lucky in the bush sections, you can catch bars there too. The closer you are to towns, the more signals you'll get. I carried a battery bank. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon. It's an anchor. Uh, it lets me charge my phone seven times, fully charged. So I would basically carry that with me and I would charge up the battery bank and then use that to suck up the juice and charge my phone whenever I need it at night. Uh, surprisingly, when you put your phone on airplane mode, it's, the juices don't drain as fast as normal. So um, if you don't have any signal, you put it on airplane mode, you can listen to music, rock out. There's an app on your phone that you can download called Gut Hook, and that gives you an, a layout of the whole trail. It gives you a GPS location, so just in case you get lost. Uh, it has a guide to gives you like what towns and what they have, and most importantly, it tells you where all the water sources are at. And one thing I enjoyed about it was that people can leave comments. So like if a water source was like empty or dried out, you wouldn't have to take a time to stop there because you can read a comment. Someone saying, hey, I stopped there two, three days ago. The timestamp is on there. You could be like, hey, the water source was dry or the water source was good. So the apps are good for that sense. You can go booklet, you can go on the book too and you can use the book guide. But I enjoyed the app on trail. The book was best off trail when I was figuring out and trying to plan things. So, so, so that's the phone part there. Um, the money wise, like I said, you have three options. You can go light, durable, or cheap. And um, each one, you can only pick two of those threes. So you gotta, you gotta figure out what's, what's gonna best work for you. Um, I had gear to begin with, but, but all my gear was Walmart gear. So it wasn't really durable and it wasn't really lightweight. 
Uh, so what I ended up doing was doing more research and finding a little bit of half and half of things. I ended up spending about three grand in all my gear. So my backpack, my sleep system, um, the clothes that I was going to wear, the shells, like my, my puffy for when it was cold, um, my underliner for when it was like warmer. Um, and, and in the shoes that I wore, I wore about four shoes. So each shoe got me about 500 miles. And then I've also bought insoles to help me out with that. And then then on the trail itself, I probably spent about 11,000 or 12,000. And again, that's, that's on me. Um, so I've, I've heard of people complete the trail with $6,000 and that's on a budget. Like I said, I didn't go on a budget. I wanted to have fun and have an experience with life. So I didn't go on a budget. So when something would pop up like, Oh, see, I want to stay at this hostel. I would stay at a hostel or someone would be like, Hey, this is worth 30 bucks. I'd be like, yeah, I'll pay you 30 bucks for that. Da, da, da. <laughs> like, so I have my good time when it came, when it comes to expenses, it, I treat You treat that the way you treat hike your own hike. It's, it's all up to you, what you want to spend, how much you want to spend it on. Um, Wow. And then, so those are the two questions, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so like, wow, that's that's that's. I mean, for six months, it's it probably it's not that much money. Then it's like twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, that's no, for two, six months, like two thousand yeah, per yeah. month, basically, that's not bad at all. Yeah, and that's like that's, that also include like my flights, the food that I ate, drinking. If I if I didn't drink as much as I drink, I probably would have saved like three grand. <laughs> like dead ass, dead ass. Like if I if I cut off if I cut off the say okay so there's 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 the essentials and then there's the shit that you can do to just have fun like the extra. If I cut off the extra, I probably would have saved an extra five grand. Let's put it that way. Mm. Shit, it's like oh, I got this moonshine, man. How much is that? Oh, I had some real moonshine, moonshine, man. I carry, I carried moonshine for days. Let's put it that way. Like when I used to come across moonshine, I'd be like, "How much? Twenty dollars for an apple cider? Oh yeah, I'll take that moonshine. <laughs> Here's the twenty. I'll get the nice authentic jar, and the shit will fuck you up. Like it had me. I would walk. I would be walking, and that's another thing too. Like I'd be walking lit. I was. I would walk. I came down a mountain, running down the mountain, lit as like as anyone could be lit, lit. And like, yeah, like, I, and, and that's all I, all I can remember was the best experience coming down the mountain was running down with the backpack. Like, and I'll hike this mountain today. Like, and I'll look at this shit like, how the fuck did I do this? Like <laughs> with a backpack and running down this shit. But like I said, your body adapts to the trail and you become one with the trail. They call it trail legs. Once your body basically gets adapted fully to the trail. And it's incredible. Like the amount of miles you could do, like three miles per hour, three and a half. One day I pulled four miles an hour. Like that shit, I feel like a fucking Lamborghini walking. Like, wow. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, like this is the equivalent of Lamborghini body, man. Like I got it, like I'm moving. Right, right. So, so, you know, you said you were lit and you were having fun. Now, when you, when you were lit running down the mountain and you were um, drunk off moonshine, now, did you have any ideas, like thoughts, uh, that you never thought before that you wrote down? You may not, you don't, if you don't, if you don't watch, you don't share, but you know how you just, you get enlightened by certain things like, you know, like, wow, like you take it, like you're looking at down the mountain and you taking it all in and you just, this crazy ass thought like inception just creeped up in you and you're like, wow, I never thought that before. I never, never imagined that. And you know, write it down so you don't forget, you know, you ever, you know, were you ever enlightened during the, during, during the, the trip? I, I, so many moments, man. It was just, it was too many to, to too many to count. So another thing is like you become very in tune with the universe. Um, one thing I do say, uh, and we didn't talk much about it, but I'll just touch bases. When you drink the water out in nature, it is fucking alive. The water we drink in society, like the ones that we bottle, tap, that shit's dead. Like the way we look at dead meat in the in the meat store, it's dead. Like it's just it's the red in the in the container. That's what water is in society. It's dead. It's not alive. It's not. It's it's not doing anything for you. 
but when you drink out there the water's coming out of like the rocks and the mountains and the rivers and it's your body appreciates you in a way that you have no idea like we're 80 plus maples of water so introducing this mother nature mother nature filtered water that's why i used to say mother nature filtered that water is alive and it does shit to you that you have never even experienced like like it just i don't know like it's, it's completely alive so like part of it so one day i remember i was sitting on a rock talking about the inspiration thing and i'm looking at the water it's just observing it and it, i'm like fuck like everything around me i exist just because of you we out here looking in space and mars for a drop of you to exist to say that maybe we can have something here but we can't go anywhere without you it's because of you we exist i'm talking to the water straight up like this like right, fucking right. hey man i appreciate you man 100 percent. like that's when i knew it was a lie because it, it, i have never looked at water in a sense like kind of like you would see the meat in the store and then you see the cow and you go wow like that shit has feelings that shit actually can see you and you can see it and it moves around and it walks and it talks like 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 that's that's the relationship i had with water i'm like wow no one ever really brought water to me in that sense yeah, and sick. and then like as i kept on having these experiences with your universe it um one of the things i always tell myself now is like you know you you always are where you're supposed to be at all times and, and you got to repeat that a bunch of times for it to get it like but you always are where you're supposed to be at all times good bad crazy situations whatever something brought you to that and most likely is you and a lot of percent 100 percent time is you um after the age of 25 something that came to me on the trail everything that happens after the age of 25 is your responsibility. You said yes, you said no, or you didn't make a move when you needed to make a move, which is a decision in itself. Right. So everything rippled from your decisions. So after 25, you can either live the same 25 years you've lived based on what your mom, your dad, your, your friends and family, your mentors have taught you, whatever you have instilled and solidified in your brain that, yeah, this is what life is. You can live the next 25 just like that. Or you can live the next 25 however you desire, whatever you think of, whatever you feel like you need to explore. That's what those next 25 are for. But again, you have to acknowledge that anything that happens, though, and how you end up in the rest of your story was something that you said yes to or no to. So if you're saying yes and no to all these little things and things are rippling, then you are where you're supposed to be at all times, whether you think you have a control of yes or no. Like, it, because the, the question's always being asked. You're just going, okay, yeah, okay, no. Like, you're just swaying left and right, but life is moving through you. You're just moving like a pendulum, left and right, left and right. But the life is, for, is a straight line. It's a complete straight line, and you're just a, the experiencer. You're just experiencing what's happening. It already happened. Like, that's what I'm that's what I already having in my brain. Like, it already happened. I'm, a, I'm just, I'm kind of like watching the movie as it's playing out. But I'm just I'm in the in the in one of those like 4D cars, <laughs> like oh shit, it's moving to this way. Like, <laughs> but it already happened. So, any situation that happens to me nowadays, like after the trail, if it's happening, is because I'm supposed to be observing it and watching it happen. And if it, it requires my input, it requires a decision that doesn't really make any difference. <laughs> like it doesn't make any difference if I do it or not. But it 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 just wants me to make a choice but it's going to lead me to where I need to be regardless. Whether I say no, the universe is going to circle back at some point and put me where I need to be so I can be where I need to be. <laughs> like it's, it's, it, and that's, that's the, that's the, I think the gist of life. Everyone likes is constantly in these loops in this like constant loop. Instead of moving forward, they're just looping like infinity eight yeah. sideways. Like cycle, you're just, yeah. and, and then that little medium point, that little point with infinity lines touch, mm -hmm. that's, if you draw a line through that, that's your path that line that goes through the middle of the infinity. But every mm -hmm. time you stop and get stuck somewhere, you make a new infinity. And every single time you cross that dot, that center, you have a choice to move forward or go back into your circle. 
And that's what life is all about, moving forward out of these infinities. And sometimes, so some people are related to like as a highway, and then those little pit stops on the side, those are your infinities. People be stuck in those freaking side stations all day, every day, <laughs> instead right, of hitting the road exit. and getting, right. yeah, they, don't fucking take those exits. Like they're not yours right. to take. They're just beautiful exits that look cool. You may be seeing, like you ever driven to uh, Georgia or Florida and seen south of the border? <laughs> like that shit's attractive as fuck on the side, but that's not your place to stop. <laughs> right. Right. Like you gotta keep that's moving. A dead that's a that's a dead end, big boy. Uh, yeah, Gio, that's what it is. Gio, I want to thank you so much for being part of this podcast, man. Yeah, very, appreciate it, Jamie Francisco. Yeah, this was a great time. I appreciate talking to you guys. Very, very, very cool, inspirational, man. Um, I'm enlightened. Yeah, you I'm never know, you, man. Francisco. Yeah. Francisco, when are we gonna go hiking? As far as much as I'm enlightened, I don't think I, I don't think I would have walked for six months. <laughs> well, I'll take you. I'll take you guys for a weekend trip. We can do a weekend trip. Like yeah, we'll get yeah, somewhere. That I could do, that I could we could even start off slow with car camping. Like we get, we can get a little campsite, leave the cars there, and everything too. Hold, hold, hold on, Joe. I know, I know how to hook Francisco and Francisco. There'll be plenty of pussy out there. No, I'm kidding. He has a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. last question, Gio, and this is a quick one. You may or may not answer it, but uh, how many times did you masturbate along the trail? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I busted like four nuts. Yeah, I'm gonna say that. Yeah, nah, you think about it like. It, there's not really much room in a hammock to wear. Uh, I'm not trying to have that much jizz because I, I sleep with the same just like sabana type thing every day. Like it was a quilt. <laughs> so no, I'm not trying to have jizz in the quilt every day now. Like that's, yeah, it's extra. But I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> I would have. If I would have ever gone, uh, like you know, if I would have ever gone done this. Now the first two weeks or whatever, I would have been straight on. But then I would have realized I'm like, oh shit, I could walk over there, 50, 50 yards away from the trail. Bust a quick one to, to some porn star or whatever in five, ten minutes. <laughs> and then once that happened, once I knew I could do that, every other ten miles, I need some <laughs> Every other day, I need a release. <laughs> four times. Yeah, four uh, times in six months, bro. You wild it, bro. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. It was just enough. Like because uh, you again, like again, you're in your you're in your ham. I used to, I have a ham, like, that's not really it's limited space. And then, like you don't, you don't take a shower every day. So, like I'm not trying. Like it's just, it's just grimy. Yeah, it's it's no lotion. Like right, 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 right. <laughs> it, it wasn't the best environment. Let's put it that way. Right, Your hands right. are all dirty to begin with. Like, right, right. Then I gotta, then I gotta go eat breakfast too afterwards. Like the fuck. <laughs> Yeah, they, 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 like, there's very limited hand sanitizer out there that you can use, and you don't want to rub on one of one of those. Like, uh, right? yeah, that's not, yeah, yeah, you, but you might uh, get a burn from the chafing. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, Gio, man, no. we appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, man. I'm sure that this is gonna motivate a lot of people, even if it doesn't motivate people to actually go and hike, but it might motivate people to be like, "Yo, fuck this place. I'm out. I'm gonna follow my dreams, <laughs> motherfucker." Yeah, no, man, like, it, it's, it's, uh, like, I told you, if, if I have to say it to anybody, you know when you know, like, the feeling is there, it's gonna be eating at your ankles every fucking day until you make the move, and that's the, that's the gist of it, like, when it's ready and it's your time, if you're not making the moves and you're just distracting yourself, every day is gonna feel like a drag, like a fucking pain in the ass, like a bitch, because, because you know you should be doing something different, you're just not doing it yet. And that's yep. that's when, that's when you just have to be like, fuck it, like, what's this? What's that? What's this? What's that? Just spread your net wide, and then see what you catch. Yep, yep, I agree. Awesome. Well, Jill, right, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. I love you guys. Appreciate the conversation. Hope it helps a lot of other people. Um, if you guys want to see some pictures, there's always some on my Instagram. Oh, 
um, what's what's your Instagram so people could uh, follow you and see the pictures, see the amazing pictures. Uh, there, some of them. There's pictures on my personal one, Life by Geo, and then I also have some on my photography page, the GC Expression page. But if you go Life by Geo and then click on it, you'll see it on my bio. Um, I don't really upload much pictures personally, like recently. So they're basically all on like the first section of my IG, and I'm mainly a story user. So if you follow me, you're gonna see me on the stories, not the pictures. So right. life by Geo, just like that. Life by Geo. G I O. Yep. L I F E B Y G I O. Awesome. Right. Awesome. Um, last, lastly, could you please explain to Francisco how he needs to watch uh, Rick and Morty? I've been talking to this motherfucker for months. Yo, get on that. Rick and Morty. <laughs> you are missing out. Yeah, that show funny. is the best. Like the yeah, first, the first season might catch you off guard but like midway through it you'll be like all right i'm kind of liking this and then like second season and third yeah, on point yeah, point yeah it just makes it's just a, a bunch of bullshit friends literally a bunch of bullshit this guy rick is like the smartest guy in the universe and it's a bunch of bullshit but he makes you think he always has a point he makes you think a lot society, yeah and, and just the way we live and what we do it, it, it's great and it's 20 minute episodes bro it's you know it's quick boom 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 right, right. if rick has told me anything is don't be a fucking sheep <laughs> right 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 you know don't hey, be a fucking sheep like you said hike your own hike right boom there it is yep exactly <laughs> we'll end it with that hike your own hike all right, all right <laughs> take away. it easy Gio. appreciate you man you too guys have a good one bye-bye L- likewise likewise There you have it, Gio. Thank you so much, Francisco. Thank you as always. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in to another great episode of Jamie O, the show podcast. Like I always say, I hope you were inspired by this episode. Go out there, experience new things, go eat different foods, go to different places, and uh, do you, boo boo. But like I always say, anyone that has an interesting job or an interesting story or anyone that needs you know to get something off their chest, the podcast is open to anything and anyone to talk about anything at any time. You already know. Anyways, thank you so much for uh, for listening to the podcast. Peace and love.